This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. So today on the show, I'm Stacey on the right on LifeZet TV. You can go to LifeZet.com and find all of our content, our video clips, everything that you ever wanted, and also tons of fantastic content, um, articles, op-eds, videos, everything you want. We want you to make a place in your space on your phone and on your laptop to have a home button for us, that's strictly LifeZet.com, and also that you would visit us every day and find something that you need for every avenue of your life, because that's what we're all about. Um, so today on the show, we're going to discuss... It's kind of a, a chronological deep dive research article about the names and descriptions that President Trump has been called over the course of the time since he declared his candidacy up until now. And you can see some patterns in the way that media speak about the president. So we're going to talk about that. We are also going to delve into this. It, we have a video of the president talking about the impeachment hearings and I, I just can't imagine how oppressed he feels right now and how awful he feels being treated this way, being maligned and slandered uh, on a daily basis, but now in the halls of Congress under the guise of impeachment. And um, the looks that Schiff has when he's basically presiding over this sham, it's like he's a puppet. It's like he's just got his marching orders and he's just going through the motions like a robot. So we'll go into that. We'll watch that little audio, the, the video clip of the president. And then we're going to close out with hashtag mom moment. If you're a mom like me, you probably have um, some areas of your kid's life that you're like, oh, what do I do about this? Not that your kids are bad. They're awesome. They're amazing. And you're blessed to have them in your life, but you still want to help them. You want to guide them and raise them up in a way that would not only be pleasing to God, but would help them to be successful as adults. And so I have this little, it's teensy tiny. I'm showing it to you right now. Look at this. Look at this. It's so little and cute. Look how thin it is. And I got it at church. I'm not going to say how many years ago, <laughs> but I discovered it. So I used to use it when our kids were smaller. I would pray these scripture confessions over them. And then I guess it got pushed to the bottom of my nightstand drawer. And we moved into this house almost six years ago. And when we moved in, um, I was cleaning out my drawer and I, I didn't actually stumble upon it. I moved, I changed nightstands. So this was uh, about a year ago, maybe. I was digging in the back of my nightstand drawer and I found this book with yellow sticky tabs in it and it was opened flat and it was at the bottom of one of the little drawer organizers. And so I pulled it out and I remembered how amazing these prayers are. So I went to find the book because I went to order it because we no longer go to a kind of traditional church. We go to evangelical church. So there isn't a stand or a rack with all of these different pamphlets that you just take one, praying for your husband, praying for your kids, praying for your work, praying for your finances, whatever. So I ordered it on Amazon and it took a while to get to me because they're no longer in print, but you can still get them. They are actually made by Harrison House Publishers out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this is like the mightiest little sword you can ever tuck into your purse or your back pocket. And when you feel the worry coming on, you can actually pray one of these. They're, they're topical. And so we're going to round out the show with this mom moment. And I just want you to know, this also crosses over into the realm of scriptural encouragement. And so we're going to do a ton of these. We're going to really 
start to solidify the same thing that we did at the old place, but this is even better because now we're on TV. And um, there'll be things that you can expect on a regular basis from us, including the mom moment and scriptural encouragement. So that will round out the show today. So right now I want to get into this, these names and you might think to yourself, well, what does it matter? But I love seeing patterns in behavior. And if we can examine patterns in behavior, they're predictive. They can help us to understand what other people are doing and they can inform our reactions to what they're doing. And so the title of this piece is called Trump is News Channel Description Since 2015. Kaylee Litaru is the author and it's from yesterday. She talks about the the fervor that's on Capitol Hill and uh, the media descriptions of President Trump becoming even more colorful during this era of impeachment, if you will. And so even the headlines are starting to call the president a criminal, corrupt, a treasonous traitor. Remember, the president is actually being tried in an impeachment type thing for actions taken by Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. If there was any quid pro quo, if there was any um, illegal actions, it was between Burisma Holding Company and the Ukrainian government and uh, Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden. Hunter was paid $83,000 a month to sit on a board where he never had to show up. He didn't have to know anything about energy. And he was given the opportunity to, well, to live fast, free, and easy on the Burisma dime. And then when a Ukrainian prosecutor decided he wanted to look into it, then that's when daddy came swooping in as vice president and made a really kind of gangster phone call and said, hey, you know what? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going, you're going to fire that prosecutor. And if you do, we'll give you your military aid. And if you don't, that military aid is just going to sit there drawing interest in the bank over here in America, because we're not giving you anything until you do what we say. And if you doubt me, just call Obama, have Zelensky call Obama, and he'll tell you the same thing. No dollars for you until you fire that prosecutor. And so what they did was they fired the prosecutor. This was not actually Zelensky. Zelensky's the current president. I don't remember the name of the previous guy, but the previous president in the Ukraine, he did the bidding of Joe Biden, then vice president of the United States, and the aid was released. Now, fast forward to 2019, you have President Trump and President Zelensky in the Ukraine, President Trump says, we're looking for information about any meddling that happened from your country to ours. We're also interested in what happened with that prosecutor that you fired and the actions of Hunter Biden when he was working on the board of Burisma Holdings. Um, and so also your aid is up, you know, so it's time for you to get a new aid package uh, from us. This is normal to talk about that it's normal to mention it. Every other president does. Every other president has. Every country understands. That's why we're giving them aid. But the difference here is none of the Trump children were paid 83 grand a month for a show job. And no one was fired when the president made that phone call to Zelensky. Also, the people who are testifying are all third-hand listeners. They weren't in the room. They didn't hear it. Or if they were in the room, their testimony contradicts what the actual transcript says. Now, I know all of this, and I have watched exactly five minutes of the impeachment hearings. Do you know why? Because I, Stacey Washington, am boycotting the impeachment hearings. I do not have time in my life to actually watch them set my taxpayer dollars on fire and burn them up. I don't have time for that. I'm actually pretty busy. I have a lot of stuff to do, including this show. I have kids. I have a husband. 
A couple of the kids are off in college. Y'all know how I'm dealing with that. I mean, I just need the Lord. I need the Holy Spirit to rain down on me every minute of the day so I can handle the children not being under my roof and the loss of control that ultimately I have realized I never had. So, <laughs> and I'm not watching the impeachment hearings, but I am listening to other people do a little analysis occasionally in between doing other things that are far more important, like rubbing our dog, uh, walking him, drinking coffee, um, and also handling some like medical stuff that I have going on. Like, you know, how you call over and get pre-authorizations and stuff like that. Yeah. So boring stuff, but surely better than the impeachment. So this article talks about the infinite creativity of human language and how that means there are an infinite and endless number of ways that a candidate or president can be described. Anything can be described. That is why English is my favorite language. In addition to being my mother tongue, I love the way English has, we have the ability to take one word and use it five different ways. And the only way for you to understand the five different usages, aside from looking in a dictionary that probably isn't even up to date, is that you understand the inflection and tone of the speaker, the subject matter, and the specific event or person they're discussing. Like fantastic can mean frightening and huge and large, it can also mean wonderful. It can mean, you know, outside of normal human comprehension. And that's only one word. So we have an outsized number of words. We have so many different words that mean one thing or, or describe one object. We also have adverbs. We have idioms. I could go on and on and on. But suffice it to say, if you want language that's rich and varied and you can literally use it like a sword or use, use it to do jujitsu on someone... English is your thing. Like you got to be all about the Queen's English. So um, when they're talking about the way that they did this study, they talked about machine analysis and how they looked for all means of the words, the mentions the, of the words Trump is. And then they compile a list of the first two words that follow. So thus a statement that says Trump is a racist would be counted as racist. Trump is the most corrupt would be counted as most corrupt. They aggregated these findings by month. They examined them over time, such as a, like a phrase list, which offers this powerful insight into how the media's descriptions of the president have evolved over his candidacy and nearly three years in office. So the timeline, which is actually at Real Clear Politics, and you can find the link over at listen.stacyontheright.com for our show notes. It shows the total number of mentions of Trump is on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News month by month from June 2015 to October of 2019. And they used internet data from the Internet Archives Television News Archive and processed it using the GDLT project. So overall mentions of Trump, descriptive ones, which uh, you know ran the gamut of what they actually were, increased through October of 2016, fell steadily through March of 2017, and were, have remained relatively stable at around 1,000 to 1,500 mentions a month since then. In all, CNN used the phrase 76,080 times through November of 2016. MSNBC mentioned it 80,000 times or so, and Fox News 67,000 times. Isn't that interesting? So overall descriptive mentions of Trump were highest on CNN, next highest on, actually highest on MSNBC, next highest on CNN, and the lowest number of mentions were on Fox. Now, I've been told that Fox is fake news and that it is uh, a puppet, uh, like media arm of the, the White House, but that doesn't seem like it is if they're mentioning him, what is this, like 
almost 10,000 fewer times than CNN and 13,000 fewer times than MSNBC. So they went through and they used um, another little quantifier, a statistical technique known as TFIDF. And that mechanism was used to eliminate common phrases that appear consistently in front of the president's name, like going to or trying to. So those two phrases would come before or after the president's name. So they wanted to eliminate those so they didn't muck up the data. They instead focused on the five phrases most uniquely associated with each station in each month, and they have a table that you can take a look at. So essentially, June of 2016 marked this major darkening in coverage with all three covering Hillary Clinton's remarks that Trump was, quote unquote, temperamentally, temperamentally unfit, and MSNBC adding the phrase that the president was genuinely a genuine threat, a genuine threat. So by September, such phrases as disgusting fraud on CNN, unfit for on MSNBC, were balanced against doing better and best debater, reflecting his rising fortunes. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole thing with you, but I want what I want you to kind of understand by this is that there are ways, and researchers are actually using these mechanisms, to examine the way that our president, the current president, has been treated. And I'm certain that once they're done with this analysis, there will be someone who will take this analysis and execute a similar search on President Obama and find out whether or not President Obama was treated more fairly or less fairly than President Trump. Now, obviously, I'm Stacey on the right, and I'm pretty sure with 98% of the coverage of the president being negative, that he's probably doing much worse than President Obama did in the same metric. That being said, he's doing much better than President Obama did on black unemployment, uh, women's unemployment, black teenage unemployment, the GDP, foreign relations, foreign policy, dealing with our uh, trade partners such as China. And he's doing much better for the American people in that the jobs are plenteous, the wages are up and regulations are down. And the judges who are being appointed have no allegiance other than to interpreting the Constitution, not judicial activism. These are super important things. And I'm super glad that the president is actually still doing his job in spite of the onslaught of negative coverage about him and the lies and now the current fear over impeaching him. So now we can move on to the president himself. Here he is. He's talking about the impeachment hearings. And I know to me, it sounds like he's got a little bit of a scratchy voice. Like if I was anywhere near the White House right now, which I totally would be there with some noodles and company chicken soup. I make a mean chicken soup. It's delicious. But if I was just, I had to go there and I had to have something that was made somewhere else, I would get the noodles and company chicken soup. And I would say over Thanksgiving, you're not allowed out at all. So basically Tuesday through Friday, you're in the White House residence, or maybe you're in Mar-a-Lago, Mar wherever you feel like going and you're sleeping more than you normally sleep, and you're resting, and you're not reading newspapers and not watching the news so you can kind of get yourself ready for the fall, because it is so hard to be sick in the cold weather and to do all the traveling that he does. Going up and down in the plane and the Marine One, it can really get to your sinuses working. And so that's, I mean, that's just me as a mom. I, I just, whenever I hear anybody getting stuffy like that, I'm like, what are you doing out in public? You should be at home underneath four blankets, sweating this thing out and eating chicken soup every four hours and taking whatever medicine has been prescribed to you. So here he is um, talking about the impeachment hearings. He's taking questions from reporters. 
You don't want to talk about transparency? You know, I'll talk about transparency. I like transparency here, and I'm the most transparent president in history. And I'll tell you about what tampering is. Tampering is when a guy like Shifty Shift doesn't let us have lawyers. Tampering is when Shift doesn't let us have witnesses, doesn't let us speak. I've been watching today for the first time I started watching, and it's really sad when you see people not allowed to ask questions. It's totally — nobody's ever had such horrible due process. There was no due process. And I think it's — I think it's considered a joke all over Washington and all over the world. The Republicans are given no due process whatsoever. We're not allowed to do anything. It's a disgrace what's happening. But you know what? The American public understands it, and that's why the poll numbers are so good, and that's why other things are so good. What they're doing in Washington with that hearing — and by the way, it's a political process. It's not a legal process. So if I have somebody saying I'm allowed to speak up, if somebody says about me, we're not allowed to have any kind of representation, we're not allowed to have almost anything, and nobody's seen anything like it. In the history of our country, there has never been a disgrace like what's going on right now. So you know what? Uh, I, w I have the right to speak. I have freedom of speech, just as other people do. But they've taken away the Republicans' rights. And I watched today as certain very talented people wanted to ask questions, and they weren't even allowed to ask questions. Republicans, they weren't allowed to ask questions. It's a very sad thing. Go ahead. So he accurately reflects what has been seen. He also admits that he has not yet had time to really sit and watch the impeachment hearing debacle until today, which I think is completely appropriate. He doesn't have time to sit on TV and watch people lie about him. He doesn't have time. He's the president of the United States. He has a ton of things to do. And so I'm just, I just encourage you, please don't forget to pray for the president. You have to remember that even though it feels like you're doing nothing, Prayer isn't about our feelings. Prayer is about us saying, you know what? This is a problem that's way too big for me to handle. And I need you, God, to step in here and make something out of this mess. God is sovereign. But the Bible also says that God turns the head of our leaders whichever way it should go. So if we want God to turn President Trump's mind in one direction or another, and we may not even know what direction that should be, then we should be praying for him. And as weird as it sounds and as critical as I am of the Democrats, we're supposed to pray for them too. They are elected, they are leaders, they are placed in authority over us, and we need to pray for them. God answers prayer. And right now, what else can we do besides ignoring their, their horrible show? Yeah, we can pray for them. And it doesn't have to be, we're not talking about you, you know, laying on your face for, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and not being able to get anything else done. Prayer is a conversation with God point blank. So we have to do it. We were mandated to do it by the Bible. And when we are obedient, God blesses that. So we got to pray for the president, not only that he would stand firm, but that they would be quickly shown to be running this as a way of throwing a temper tantrum over not winning the 2016 election and that voters would see that and that he would be reelected among other things, because I could think of a ton more things. Um, so we'll revisit those things again uh, uh, at, at a later point. But right now it's time from a moment. Okay. So if you're anything like me, oh my goodness. First of all, if you're anything like me, we probably would be friends, I guess. We'd have coffee, we'd shop, and then we'd talk about our kids. So whenever 
I have a bunch of these now and they're all over the place. I have this one in the office, I have one upstairs in, on my nightstand still. And I gave a couple away when some of my friends came over and I was talking about this book and they're like, have you, do you have any extra ones? Cause I want to see what it looks like. And I ended up showing it to them. And then a couple of them took the ones that I showed with them. So there were awesome giveaways. Um, the name of the book is scripture confessions for moms. And it's really a pamphlet. And it's the subtitle is Life-Changing Words of Faith for Every Day. And it's by Keith and Megan Provence. And these two people, I'll know them, but they are amazing. They These two people know how to pray. Like I would imagine what it would be like to sit in a room with them when they were leading prayer. Fire. I just couldn't wait uh, if, if I was ever able to. So the book has an introduction, which is super short. It's like literally one paragraph. In fact, it's so short, I can read it to you here. This powerful little book is a unique compilation of scriptures that will enable you to speak the word over situations you face on a daily basis as a busy mother. Whether at work or home, you can access scripture confessions and release your faith in God's promises regarding your family and arm yourself with the word of God for life's battles. Now, the different titles of on the table of contents, it's so short, is Becoming the Mother God Says I Am, Godly Household, the greater one in my children, my children's spiritual growth, my children hear God's voice, my children are obedient to authority, divine protection for my children, health and healing for my children, my children have pleasant personalities, my children's self-image, for my children to choose godly friends, and my children's future. Now, that being said, you know, if you're already praying over your kids and you don't feel like you need this assistance, more power to you. I'm right there with you. High five. Awesome. But there is just something about the prayers in this book. And I have read a number of different books about prayer and about praying for kids, praying for husbands, etc. And this is one of my favorite little pamphlets because, first of all, it's so short. You really, once you've, once you've read one of these and you've prayed it over your child, like it looks like four paragraphs. Each one is about four or five paragraphs. First of all, you just feel ultimately that you've given that topic matter over to God and you have some sense of relief in that area because we we just, the children are human beings. You can't, not only can you not control them, but you can't really predict what they'll say or do. And especially in the years where the teen years where we are in our family, it's like the kids are changing every day. So they're still the same kid, but they're also like, some days I look at our 16 year old, I'm like, this is a grown woman. When did this? When did the smallest of our children become this grown woman? Other times, she's like literally. I can see the glimpses of her toddler years in her because she's still such a child. And so these help me to orient my mind towards my mandate as her mother, which is to teach her about God, lead her to Him, and make sure that she has given her life to Him, and then to pray over her that she would fulfill His calling on her life and be everything that He's called her to be. Not because of me, but in spite of me. Because as her human mom, I am flawed and unable to love her in the perfect, sinless, utterly holy way that God loves her. But she's been entrusted to me. And so I do have something I need to do. And one of those things is to pray over her. And, and the other two, the older one. So we have two girls and a boy. So all three of them. So after each of these prayers, there's a little list of scriptures. So I'll just give you a sampling here. The first one is becoming the mother God says I am. And after you pray over becoming the mother God says you already are, then the scriptures that are here are Titus 2.12. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. 
James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And then 1 Timothy 4, 12, be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation in charity and spirit in faith and purity. And then you're done. Now, if you're reading other things or doing other readings for, you know, your morning devotions, then you're not really done, are you? But you're done praying for the kids if you do this. So um, I'm actually going to have a little link in there for you to find this on Amazon if you want to order it for yourself. It's $2. <laughs> so if you're an Amazon Prime member, you already have free shipping. So it's literally like a dollar and 95 cents. And you might want to order a bunch of them because once you start praying it, you're going to think of people that you want to give it to. And then you're going to be like, wow. So I love you so much because I gave you this little scripture confessions book. Okay. That's how you know I care for you. <laughs> so anyway, that is our mom moment for today. Also doubling as a scriptural encouragement. And um, that's the show for today. I'm Stacey Washington, one of the fantastic hosts here on LifeSet TV. Go to LifeSet.com and check us out. And I'll see you here tomorrow. 